and welcome into What the Music. I am very excited uh, for my guest, which um, I love to talk photography, and I finally get to talk to talk to photography with uh, Lisa S. Johnson, who has a book that's coming out now. I'm going to have a link uh, for you to order it as it's on pre-order. It comes out September 28th. And this is uh, Immortal Axes. I've been extremely fortunate enough to interview you uh, with your first book that came out. Was it 108 uh, Rock Guitars? And did you ever think that you would um, have a second book coming out? I figured I would. Um, 108 rock star guitars was my first book and it took me about 17 years to get that one done because I was working my, my job with Eastman Kodak and then I had two yoga studios. So it was something I was doing in between everything else. And then when I finally, um, left Kodak and sold my yoga studios, I started doing this full time at photographing guitars. So the momentum was on after the first book came out. And I had a lot of content for that book that I, I do have a, some of that ended up in this next book. So I, I knew that I had enough content to even start a new book. And uh, so, yeah, I figured book two would be on the way. And I'm really happy to um, present it all to you guys. Immortal Accents. Dropping 928. Very excited for it uh, and very excited for just uh, photography in general, uh, as I love to talk about it. And, you know, uh, as I was like thinking about this book, it, it, it made me think about the way I shoot photography. Now, for me, I do a lot of like, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, humans. And, you know, when I shoot, you know, with somebody I am trying to, you know, um, create a relationship. You know, it's like whenever I shoot somebody, you know, we have to fall in love with each other in a sense. And I know it's kind of very weird, but, you know, I, I make it kind of romantic uh, in my brain when I shoot. That's why when I shoot, it's, you know, the you, you can really create that um, love of energy. But when you're shooting something that's a, like an inanimate object, how do you create that relationship? Well, even an inanimate object has its own frequency and vibration. So you can, I speak to it, you know, tell me, show me, tell me what you want to reveal. I'll be thinking that in my mind and projecting that to the guitar because often, you know, I only have about an hour to set up, get the shot and tear down and get out of there. So uh, it can be a real, um, a drill, you know, to get to get the shot and get it done and get what I need and get what I want and be artistic and creative and let the guitar speak to me at the same time. So sometimes it's really easy because the guitar will have so much character all over it. And then other times um, they're more clean and pristine. And so, you know, you're just having to shift gears and capturing the beauty of the guitar, of the manufacturing, of the craftsmanship, or you're really shooting wear and tear details with deep grooves and cuts and stickers and sweat and everything else all over it. So just trying to get it. <laughs> I love it. And th that brings me to my next question, which is uh, how does that environment influence your photography? Because, I mean, like you said, you have an hour to shoot. So you, it's, it's, it's more like running and gunning, but you still have to take that time to get that photo. 
And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people think that, you know, photography is so easy. It's like, oh, yeah, you just take one or two photos and that's it. But, you know, not with guitars, not with something that's – this is what I love about uh, something like a guitar, something that can just sit there, is I call it you can bake a photo. So you could just sit that camera there and then you can long exposure it to really capture that depth. But again, all that requires time. Do you think mm. about uh, lens exposures uh, when doing that? Uh, I have a standard setup. So because you have only an hour, I can't be changing my setup very much. Um, so what I'm, I spend, you know, I get 10 minutes, like, let's get this gear set up and then I get 10 minutes to tear down. So, you know, then I've got, that's 20 minutes right there out of the, out of the hour. So I've got maybe 40 minutes to get the shot. So I can't really be changing lenses and, you know, changing the depth of field and all that. So I, I have a standard setup where I shoot with a 35 to 70 to eight macro lens. So the macro lens on there gives me the opportunity to make changes within that one lens setup. So I can shoot up close at 35 or, you know, uh, with the 70 millimeter and then pull back to the 35. And then if I want to really hone in on a detail, bam, I turn on that macro lens and then I get that close up shot and everything else falls off. So within that range, I'm getting a decent enough um, switch up for me. Uh, and, you know, requests over there, I used to shoot like super, super artistic um, and not even get the whole guitar in the shot. I would just really be getting like super cool details and, and, um, people wanted more, you know, um, they wanted to see the whole guitar and they wanted to see it more in focus. And so I've adapted to that. And so when I, when I can, I pull out that macro and I, and I get my cool shots at the end. Uh, so I always have them in my back pocket, but yeah, I mean, the, the, you have to be creative. You've got to work with the situation and you have to work with the light that you have, the space that you have, the room that you have. Sometimes there's people watching and hovering all around. And, and on top of this, I have to, I'm interacting, you know, a lot of the times I'm having to chat with the person that's helping me out. Like the person that's the custodian of the guitar, the museum, they're watching, uh, and I've got to hone the information about the guitar from them. So oftentimes I'm talking to them, I'm writing down information, then I'm taking another shot. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's a process and it's fun. You know, I'm having the time of my life and I'm getting a workout, you know, in the end I'm drenched, you know, I'm, I'm sweating bullets. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, and I love geeking out and talking photography and just the the aesthetics and everything like that. But have you ever thought about just bringing a a microphone recorder in there so that way you don't have to write anything down and you just, you know, that way? I have at times, uh, I have at times brought in, I have my phone, the voice recorder on. Mm -hmm. The thing is that the shoot's an hour long and maybe it might run out an hour and a half. And then I have to get that transcribed. To, to get it. And it's, it's just a lot. You know, I've just, my, my, I've always just written down my notes myself. And then I, I feel like it's more personal in a way as well. And then for details that I may have missed, I, I'll go back to them and say, Hey, this is the information that I got. Is there anything I missed? And then, you know, we'll do it over email, but generally don't have to do that too much. And cause you know, the text for the book is, is more my story and, um, the information about the guitar and stories about the guitar that they tell me 
and we want the images to speak for themselves. So there's not a ton of text in the book. You're not going to get overwhelmed with, oh, i got to read all this stuff, and then you never read it. So it's just nice clips of information. And I think that's the biggest selling point in your new book, Immortal Axes, which comes out uh, September 28th. And I'm going to have the link uh, for the paperpress.com um to order it, and uh, I highly encourage it because I mean, this is more than just you know a, a, a book of pictures. Uh, like you said, there are tons of stories about every single guitar that you see in there. Do you have a favorite story from uh, this book? Well, what came to mind when you were asking me about the environments and and things like that? I, I went to um, Nashville; it was one of my last trips that I did, and I photographed James Burton's guitars in Nashville and uh uh he then after we did the first initial photo session he's like you know I have more guitars at my other house and that's the one where the the Fender Paisley Telecaster is that he played with Elvis and that was the one that I really wanted even though we got several like really cool guitars of his his uh his his um national guitar that he he played with Merle Haggard Mama Tried and um uh, with uh uh so many artists and uh, so, but we, so I ended up going to his other house and we, I wanted that, that Fender Paisley Telecaster and we went into his studio and he wasn't there. I actually worked with his wife Louise that day. He stayed in Nashville and, uh, uh, cool studio. And I, I happened to have with me this sparkling sequin black background and I laid that down on the floor and we put the guitar on top of that and it looks so fantastic in this sparkling sea. It looks like a water, you know, black sparkling water with this pink Paisley Fender Telecaster on there and in, in a studio that had a lot of history in it. So it was pretty cool. And I can't wait for you to see those pictures. They just pop right off that black background. And uh, the same background was actually used as well when I shot Johnny Cash's guitar, his guild in Nashville. And um, I was just like, Cash, you know, the black background for that Cash guitar that just worked out perfectly. I went to Brian Ray's house, um, who was Etta James guitar player for many years, and uh, now he plays with Paul McCartney. And um, I went to his home, and he, you know, anywhere I wanted to shoot. And so we chose his bedroom floor, which was a white shag carpet. And in the background, he had this, you know, one of these John Lennon, um, where John would, with a pen, like make a pen, painting and so that's in the background of that image so it's very personal being able to be uh, position the guitar with something that's really meaningful to them given that he's playing with a beetle wow that's very cool we are talking with lisa s johnson photographer author yoga instructor we'll get into that into just one moment she has a book coming out immortal axes which, again, is being shipped uh, late September, September 28th. This is going to make a great stocking stuffer for Christmas, uh, even even something just cool to have on your table for, um, you know, Thanksgiving that's coming up. And um, let's talk about the cover, because I, I noticed that in your first uh, book and then now your second book, you don't put a guitar on there. 
Is that because you don't want to have? Never do. Yeah, is that because you no. don't want to have like a, a like one guitar that just kind of uh, outshines them all type thing? No, uh, it's that I'm an artist, and um, I believe in like the really being able to show the beautiful art of photography. But the cover of a book I want on my coffee table. I want a book that I'm not going to get tired of looking at the same photo. I'm going to walk by all the time. And there's like a cosmic infusion in the book. So in the first book and in this one, so I'm a yoga teacher. And so the number 108 is a cosmic number to me. And so the first book has a lotus flower and it's got all these, you know, petals around it. And the number 108 is embedded and then guitar headstocks. So we did the same thing with this one because this one's immortal axes we put a skull on the cover that is made up of guitar headstocks, like the nose is an upside-down flying V, and in the eyes you see these um, the Gibson diamond inlay headstock, and that we put a whole bunch of them in a circle, so those make up the eyes. And in the forehead is the Sri Yantra, sacred geometry embedded, which is the symbol of creation, so this is a creative product project. And... Uh, there's there's um, Gibson SG designs on, around the book. You have to look at it closely, and then you'll see the design. So it's, it has more of a cosmic feel and a kaleidoscopic feel, so you never get tired of looking at it because you're always looking at it and finding something more. And, uh, you know, on the inside of the back cover, I had mentioned Brian May a second ago. Um, one cool story is, you know, you, you, op- you open the book, and then when you're, you flip through all the pages and at the end, you see this shot of all these hands. There's four hands that are meeting each other. And you just see the hands and the, and the people's feet. And it was uh, the night of in Nashville when uh, James Burton was having his all-star fundraiser. And Brian May was there performing. And so was Albert Lee and Steve Cropper. And so I was there with Albert and his wife, Karen, and we were hanging out in the green room and everyone wanted to come and hang out with Albert. So in comes Brian May and, um, uh, um, James Burton, I think was sharing the same green room with Albert. And so, uh, Brian May is see Steve Cropper sitting there and he says, they start talking and, and then he, I hear Brian say, Steve, let me look at your hands. So he's looking at Steve's hand, and uh, and I, I I'm eyeballing this, and I go, hey, let me take a picture of your hands. And Brian May goes, yeah, that's a great idea. And just then, James Burton walks in, and Albert Lee comes in, and I'm standing on a chair, and I'm like, guys, get your hands in there. So I got the four hands together of these amazing guitar players. So when you the last page of the book, you're gonna see that picture. Isn't that? And then the back cover, uh-huh. the back cover of the book actually has um, a picture of Peter Frampton's guitar on it because he wrote the foreword for the book. And there's four quotes on the back from Vernon Reed from Living Color, Paul Gilbert from Mr. Big, Orianthi, and Frank Hannon. Some really cool stories, uh, quotes on the back. Wow. So. That is a killer looking. I'm just gonna move real quick and get out of the way so I can show everyone. That is a killer book right there. That is huge. How much does that thing weigh? Could that kill me? <laughs> uh, no. The first book weighed nine pounds. This one, I actually haven't weighed it. I think it's closer to five okay. pounds. Um, it's it's eleven 
inches by 11 inches. Um, the first, it's a square. The first yeah. book was a more of a rectangle. It was 11 by 13, I think. Um, so it's 388 pages and I think there's 400 and over 400 photographs in it. Yeah. Wow. So it's still very substantial, very substantial book. And, uh, I'm so happy with it. I just love the layout. We changed the layout. We changed the look of it. Um, so it, it feels very different from the first book. And there's more, there's portraits in here. There's portraits of John Mayle and Billy Sheehan holding their guitars. And, um, the, I got a killer shot of Dave Davies in my house. Uh, he came over and I photographed his guitars and we did a portrait of him. It's really cool. It's got a great story to it. Do you ever just pinch yourself and say, I can't believe this is my life? I do. <laughs> I look at the book. When I get the book and I'm like, wow, this is my book. I, wow, I actually took that photo. <laughs> it is pretty um, – I, I, I do often pinch myself and just go, how did I end up doing this? It's just uh, – I don't know. It's pretty amazing that I landed in this spot in life, really. I came from a small town in northern Canada – and uh, I was born in the United States, so I grew up just thinking someday I'm going to move to the hottest place I could find. I didn't want to live in freezing cold. And I remembered my my early childhood till age seven living in California. So I always thought I'm going to come back. And I ended up getting to the, back to the States and when I was 23 and lived in Florida and New York and Houston and all around. But I, I ended up landing in Las Vegas, the hottest place you can find <laughs> you pretty truly much. Did. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, my, you know, my dad was into photography and he was a guitar player. And um, somehow I just ended up doing this. Pretty amazing, and not only that, but I, I think one of the key components in being a photographer is the ability for people to trust you. Uh, you know, without that, I don't think photographers would be able to be where they're at. So, a lot of people must trust you, and 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 that is a, such an amazing feeling. Well, you know. You gain trust by keeping your mouth shut. You know, it's like <laughs> when you're when you're invited into these studios, you need to just be chill. Like you know, you can't be looking for people to sign autographs or you know, be posting photos and you know, giving out information. You know, you just have to be very professional and. Um, very respectful of privacy. And so I, I do really honor that. And, you know, also just being able to get in and out quickly. Don't hang around and linger. You know, you just have to be very, very professional and and then deliver a good product, you know, take a good shot. So I've been able to uh, get other guitars because I had – you know, good images to share and say, I've worked with this artist and we got these photos and would love to work with you. And, um, I only need an hour of your time and I don't need the artist to be there. It would be great if they are. Uh, and if not, it's okay. I can work with the guitar tech. So you can't be too demanding. Just try to, that's been the secret of my success. And so half the time I get to meet the artist is there and then the other half they're not because they're like, great. I don't have to be there. Cool. You know, 
So that's what's really given me the access that I've had. It's it's amazing. I've photographed over 600 guitars now. D- does that ever get, um, you know, do you ever get desensitized, you know, from seeing so many guitars? Like, for example, there are times where I've gone to NAM, right? And th- th- they have one complete convention hall filled with guitars. And after, like, my third guitar like every guitar just starts looking the same <laughs> um actually no i never look at them like they're looking the same um whenever i'm walking around the nam floor i'm always like wow 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 and i never have enough time to like even stop because i have my own booth and i'm usually like going somewhere quickly and coming back um every time i i open up a case or i have it there i'm just like it's every time another present for me, um, opening it up. The only times where I feel disappointed is if I show up and they have a pristine signature guitar that they've barely played. Then I'm like, mm, you know, bummer. Where's the guitar from the eighties? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that, that's happened a couple of times. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I haven't gotten bored. I'm always intrigued of what they, what they want to pull out and what they'd like me to photograph. That's great. And what's going to be unique about it. Right. Um, I, I, I did have one project that I would love, um, for you to do. If I can, um, oh. you, you know, uh, uh, what is it called? Um, have you curate for me? And it, it's something that I think is lost at times with the guitar. And that's the guitar and the pedals. Because those, mm. those two are synonymous. Yes, you can have a guitar, but you know, the sound comes a lot of the time from the pedals as well. And I, and I, and I've never seen a book with both of those things featured in it. That's a great idea. I actually did pair up Steve Stevens pedal with his guitar, with his Nags guitar you're going to see in this next book. And it's really cool because he's got a crybaby that is uh, Swarovski crystal encrusted, like the whole thing, except for where you put yeah. your foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has crystals on oh. it. Um, and it's so Steve Stevens, you know, so I had to put that in there. Um, I don't always have access to the pedals because sometimes I'm at their house or I'm at uh, and they don't have a pedal there or um, I don't know, you're, you're backstage but that's that's a great idea. That is something that that could be requested, and and um, I'm going to do that. I'm going to start requesting more pedals. A friend of mine just released a book called Stomp Box that's all about pedals. So he shoots, I shoot guitars, he shoots the pedals. He shoots the pedals only, and they do a story about it. So um, maybe he's someone you want to interview at some point. I would, um, yeah, it's a I would cool love book. To. I would love to. Um, and, and speaking of you having your hands in so many different things, I saw that you uh, were a producer for the documentary on the ventures, right? Yeah, that's cool. You noticed that. Um, yeah, Stacy Lane Wilson, she became a very good friend of mine. Her father is Don Wilson, founding member and rhythm guitar player of the ventures. And I just became good, really good friends with the whole family. They're wonderful people. And Stacy produced this documentary on um, her, her dad. She directed, she wrote and directed it. And, uh, I produced it, um, along with my, my boyfriend. We both produced it. There were a couple other producers too. And, uh, it was such a fun project to be a part of because of the history of the ventures and all of the people, so many musicians that the ventures have influenced over the years. So John Fogarty is interviewed in it and, uh, Del Casher, who was uh, a principal in creating the pedal, 
Uh, and uh, so many cool, cool artists are interviewed in that film, uh, Wadi Wachtel. I was photographing Wadi Wachtel's guitars for this book, and I'm, I, I go to show up at his studio, and on his computer screen, he literally had a Ventures album cover as a screensaver. And I'm like, hey, my friend Stacey Wilson's doing a, a, a book, I mean, a, a movie about her dad. Would you be interested in being interviewed? Because she's interviewing all these incredible artists. He goes, oh, I would love that. That would be like my dream come true to be a part of that movie. That would be fantastic. So we set up that interview and I went acting with Stacy for her interview, Wadi for the film. So yeah, his very first song, I believe he says in the film that he learned to play was walk, don't run. That's amazing. So, I mean, that's a lot for a lot of people. The, the ventures changed everything. Um, they were kind of like the Beatles that way. You know, they really brought in a, a genre of music that changed everything and it totally woke people up and influenced them. So yeah, it was very cool to be part of that project. Thank you for, for just being a part of that and, and helping people understand, uh, just how important, um, you know, people and, and thoughts and ideas are, um, so amazing. So, uh, thank you, uh, again for that. Yeah. And just like one more, t- uh, note on that is I'm not sure if you're familiar, uh, with Trent Moeller. He's an artist in Denmark and he's um, a musician that sounds like electronic music. And actually it's all, you know, it is key. There are keyboards involved, but it's a lot of guitar and all kinds of other instruments. And, um, He's got uh, uh, a couple of songs on one of his albums, and they totally got the grooves of the ventures in there. And so, like, even new artists are influenced by the venture sound. Wow, that's amazing. Um, is there anything else uh, that you don't do? <laughs> do you do dishes? <laughs> do you do dishes? You know? <laughs> Uh-huh. Trust me, I do dishes. Like I wash the dog dishes. I, I, I do have a dishwasher. Um, yeah, but you know, my primary thing is I'm totally into, into guitars and the photography and yoga. That's my two biggest things. I'm always juggling both because right. both are like a full-time job for yeah. me. So I have two full-time jobs going. And, um, you know, the producing thing is just something that you know, I, I love film too. Like I'm actually doing a film screening at my house for another friend of mine that's related to Stacy actually who did a film. So, you know, it's film and music. It, they kind of tie in together. Um, and then, you know, music takes you to Nirvana, right? It takes us to different places in memory land. And, um, yoga is also very, it's very cosmic. Like music is cosmic for me in that way it take, takes you to nirvana yoga takes you to nirvana and in, in, in a different way like you know when you're listening to music and you're at a concert and everyone's like Rah! and we're all one in that arena at that time there's no race creed color political politics unless you're at a roger waters concert uh <laughs> you know you're there's everyone is just like yeah. you know in love with each other and the music brings us together and that's what yoga does too. So it's just uh, being able to share what my life passion is and doing yoga and being able to incorporate that somehow into my photography because I do like when I'm shooting, I'm squeezing my abdominal muscles. I'm using my breath. I'm, you know, I have to work hard. I, you know, I don't want to be hyperventilating. I'm totally calm. I'm able to control myself. 
and and work in a stressful environment for one hour, and it's because of yoga. Uh, and to not get starstruck and like you know all that that's that's all yoga keeping me zen so i do teach yoga every saturday so that i can continue to educate myself because when you teach you need to study it yeah. and then for kundalini yoga okay especially i found uh there's a it's such a comprehensive it's really the science of yoga it's yoga technology so every class i study the subject matter and then i write it out and then i speak it when I share it in the class and then we do the postures and then there's always a amazing meditation at the end and a gong bath. So yeah. I have gongs behind me right now. I'm sitting in my gong room <laughs> and we it. do a gong bath for um, clearing the subconscious mind and uh, ridding the, the, the trash, all the garbage that constantly wow. floats around in your brain. You know, you got to clear it out. Yeah, so, I'm I'm definitely down. I uh, I you know my my weekends just got freed up. Uh, you know I've I've been doing uh, some projects on the weekends and uh, they finally kind of ended and so I'm definitely down to uh, go there. I'm a huge yoga fan. Um, I do it more. You know I do it more. Everyone's like, oh, it clears your mind, but like for me, it 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 uh, really helps me. The older that I get, to be more limber. You know, and, and, um, you know, I think the older that we get, we become stiff because we're not using our, our bodies in the correct way. So I do yoga about once a week. Um, I, I follow, um, Adrian Mesher. She's, um, she's out in Austin, Texas. So I follow her okay. YouTube channel and, uh, that, that's kind of what I do. But there's that. And then I just love the idea of having a mantra like every week or, you know, just something that I can, you know, hold on to and, and, and tell myself throughout the week. I, I kind of uh, enjoy that as well. So that's really cool. Well, we're aligned that way. We both are music lovers and, uh, and that's great that you're doing yoga. You see, you totally get it. Like the mantra, that's what saves you from going crazy. Because you're, we're always spinning our thoughts. We're always thinking and thinking and thinking and it's so hard to turn the brain off. And sometimes we're thinking about negative things. So whenever we think of that negative thing, that's where bam, uh, I'm going to insert my mantra right here. So if you have a, 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 a one mantra, even if it's a simple one, like I am or Om Namah Shivaya or whatever your mantra might be. You know what mine is right now? It's not even an Indian mantra. I, I would it's love, yeah. Yeah, what is it? Can I tell you? Of course. It's amazing. Uh, it is, I am aligned with the highest expression of my future now. I'm aligned with the highest expression of my future now. So that when you say that, everything just lines up for the highest expression of your future. So my finances, my relationships, who I'm supposed to be aligned with for business or a photo shoot or whatever. And bam, it just works. I don't think about anything anymore about trying to, I got to make this happen. I got to do that. I need to make this connection. No, it's all flows into me now. I think you think, Oh, I need to, I keep forgetting. I need to call my friend so-and-so and then bam, you look at the phone and that person will be calling you or texting you. It, it's just an amazing. I've been doing it for about, um, probably close to five years now. It's changed my life, that mantra. Wow. And then, 
of course, every I, I teach, I, I do yoga. I, I mean, right now I'm doing a 90-day meditation, so I have to do the same meditation every day for 30 minutes as part of my level two training with Kundalini. And it's 30 minutes, and it's three different mantras. So once you start doing the mantras, you start just hearing them like that song that you can't get out of your head. Yeah. That's what happens. And that's called being in the nod. And you're you're just like in the flow with that mantra, and the mantras work for you. So it's very powerful work. Yes, you're doing it. Yes, uh, and and I'm glad you're doing it and and doing such uh, great things, not only for photography, but of course for yoga. So um, thank you so much. And I'm, you know, uh, when we met a few years ago, you know, I was just like, man, you you are living my dream. You know, and um, to be able to still talk to you to this day, I, you know, I, I'm just truly honored. So thank you so much for coming on the show, and uh, I truly oh, appreciate it. My pleasure, it. Turtle. <laughs> and, thank you for having me on. It's always fun chatting with you. And by the way, remember we had um, Pearl Thompson came and sat with you, and we had uh, you interviewed Pearl from yeah. being in my book. Yeah, and uh, he's gonna he's another one of his guitars is in this book again. No way. Too. His, uh, the guitar he used to um, write and record Boys Don't Cry on. Another early pure song. Yeah. You're kidding yeah, me. That's really cool. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yes, please, please tell Pearl I said hello. Uh, send, I will. Yeah, send, send him my I will. My vibe. And, and just so you know, I know I mentioned that Peter Frampton wrote the foreword for the book. Yes. Susie Quattro wrote the afterword for this book. And I'm so happy because we have the first lady in rock. I mean, she was the first one to break out. And uh, she moved. She made her success in England more so than in the United States. But um, uh, to have a woman's voice in the book is just beautiful. I love it. And there's a great story that you'll read in it about her and Peter Frampton. So I've got Peter on the, on the front opening and her at the end. And they worked together when they were both starting out in their careers when she moved to, um, to, to London. He, he was a session guitar player for her first album. Absolutely so, um, amazing. it's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick. Last question uh, before I let you go. I know you have tons of things that you got to do, but, um, and it just popped in my head, but what was it like to, talk to Peter and Susie and ask them to write a forward for your book. That must have been very intimidating because like, like we said, you know, as a, you know, photographer, you try not to be, you know, there, you know what I mean? You, you try to be in the background and for you to come forward and to talk to someone and request something like that, it had to have been a uh, very humbling and, and, and dare I say scary. <laughs> Uh, a lot of times it's scary when you, when you're making a request, you know, you're like, especially in my early days, you know, there was no email, everything was phone or fax and you'd be, my, my heart would be in my stomach and I'd be like, I hope they don't say no or hang up the phone or whatever. Anyway, I, I got over that, but, um. With Peter, you know, what's cool, as I mentioned earlier, is um, there's quotes on the back of the book. And one of them is from Frank Hannon. And he writes, in 1976, I was 10 years old, and the Les Paul from Frampton Comes Alive was the ultimate guitar. I would take pieces of cardboard, cut and tape them up in the shape of the guitar, and play air guitar to that album. That guitar to me is an immortal guitar. And as a kid, I'd stare at that cover and have the live concert experience in my headphones. Well, Frank basically 
said my life because I used to lay on my bed with that Frampton Comes Alive album cover and stare at Peter Frampton and listen to, to that album and never in a million years did I dream that I would ever meet him. Um, at that time, that was living in that little town up in Slave Lake, Alberta, Canada. And so when I did the first book, I requested Peter's guitar and I was allowed access to photograph his signature Les Paul with the three pickups and he, his signatures in, inlaid in one of the frets. And so when I did this book, when that book released in 2013, that was the year he found that his original guitar that was lost in the plane crash. He got it back. And so I contacted them and said, I got to have, in fact, even if you read the first book, I write in there. I hope that I can capture the real one, you know, uh, for the next volume. So I went to them and I said, look, I, I really need to photograph that guitar for this next book. And so they let me do it. And when I went to photograph his guitars at a studio in Nashville, I had permission to photograph that one guitar. And his tech, Darren, the, he had an Epiphone Texan hanging on the wall, and he said, I wish someone would photograph that guitar, that acoustic, because that's the guitar that he wrote and recorded on the same day, Baby, I Love Your Way, and Do You Feel Like We Do? Not recorded. He wrote on that guitar those two songs, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And I said, well, I would love to photograph. And he goes, yeah, but you can't because we only got permission to shoot the Les Paul. And I said, okay, well, <clears throat> let me email Peter's manager right now and see if I can get a quick permission. And he said, I'll do you better. Let me just give her a call. So he calls her and she says, I happen to be in a meeting with Peter right now. When we're done, I'll, I'll get back to you. So I'm like, okay, so we finished shooting the, the Les Paul, the Black Beauty and that he calls Phoenix now because it rose from the ashes. And, um, we were waiting and waiting. We were done the shoot and didn't hear back. And, and then he's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to wrap up. I'm like, okay, no problem. You know, we got the guitar that we came for. Just then the phone rings and she says, Peter says, Lisa can photograph the Texan, his humble pie Gibson SG and his Gretsch, his duo Gretsch touring, his very first gigging guitar. I'm like, what? So we got all those guitars in that day, and it was just uh, such an amazing day to have have photographed those historic guitars, and it just touched me so deeply that when I, I got home, I just like, Peter needs to write the foreword for this book. I mean, it's just... It, it, it's so ingrained in my in my youth and growing up, and this album influenced so many people. And so I thought, I've, I've got nothing to lose. I'm gonna I'm gonna write him and tell him my feelings about um, how important I think it would be for him to write the forward, and he agreed to do it. So it wasn't a scary thing at all. Um, it was just like really honoring him and uh, and the history of these guitars. And he was into it. We had a really great conversation and. Um, uh, we had a, you know, about an hour and a half chat to garner information for the foreword. And, um, he, he writes about his history and how, how Hank Marvin was his influence. So I only wish that I could have been able to capture Hank Marvin's guitar for the book. And so then with, with Susie Quattro, I was in England photographing, uh, her bass. And right after I was going to photographing her bass, I was leaving. My next shoot was with, for Steve Marriott, Steve Marriott's guitar. And it turned out that that guitar that I shot of Steve's was the last guitar Steve played before he was killed, burned in the fire 
And that guitar was the last guitar that he played, not only for himself, but with Peter Frampton in in Los Angeles, because um, they were they recorded three songs together. So when I was and Susie told me the story about how Peter had um, played on her first um, album as a session musician. So I'm just like, as I was leaving Susie's house, driving to Steve Marriott's, uh, you know, the guy who has Steve Marriott's guitar, I thought to myself. Susie needs to write the afterword because of this history she had with Peter Frampton. It just makes so much sense. And like, I'm, it's like I'm going to Steve Marriott's house. It's like a triangle with, with Peter. And so when I got home, I wrote to Susie and I told her that. And she said, I feel it. I, I, I'm the one that's supposed to write this afterward. So she did. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't intimidating. It was just very cool epiphanies yeah. that manifested. So, cause I'm aligned with the highest expression <laughs> of my future now. <laughs> yeah. It, oh, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing all the stories. And again, uh, go out, get the book. Uh, you have to, uh, immortal axes and I will have the link to, uh, pre-order it right now. And, um, uh, I, I believe I saw this, but there's going to be like three books that are um, signed by Peter, I believe, and Susie? Yes. So if you pre-order the book now before September 27th, the winners, I think, are going to be announced on the 27th. So enter before, pre-order before the 27th. And there will be three winners. The book, there will be three books that are signed by Peter, Susie, and myself. So three winners will win one book that's signed by the three of us. Fan- yeah. Fantastic. And what happens if I just want your autograph? Uh, are you going to be signing them? If you just want my autograph, then you can buy the book and send me uh, a message on um, Instagram or Facebook. You can find me on Facebook at um, LSJ Rock Photos or on Instagram at LSJ Rock Photos. And uh, send me a direct message and uh, say that you want me to sign their book. And then I have these really cool book plates that I had made up that I sign and then I mail it to you. So you can just affix it inside the book. And that makes it easy. Fantastic. So uh, I'll have all the links uh, for everything uh, on entertheshell.com. So make sure and go check that out. My guest has been Lisa S. Johnson. And uh, go out and check out the book Immortal Axes. Right on. Thanks, Turtle.